folks. Welcome to yet another episode of Cosmos with Cosmos, where today we're talking about the 50th anniversary of Apollo 17. Woo! And I'm Brandon. I'm Mike. And I'm Liz. Excellent. And yeah, so it's the 50th anniversary of Apollo 17 today, the day we're recording it, uh, December 4th. Uh, but of course, this is just the date it launched. So we'll have a couple of days to go throughout this uh, kind of show and talk all about the last mission so far to the moon. The last Apollo. Uh, yeah, so to kind of get this going, of course, we want to talk about what we're drinking. And uh, so in, the, in our pre-show, Liz took a drink and she had just a glorious face of deliciousness when she tasted it. So what are you having? Uh, well, that's Mike's drink. Yeah, it's my second oh. drink. So, oh. oh, boy. What about well, first drink? Well, list off your first and second drinks. Uh, well, it's the same as yours. Okay. Um, so what are we calling it? Lunar Libations. Yep. And it's just going to cover both my drinks. Um, but, oh, but, okay. Because I rarely name the second drink. So, all right. Um, so for the first drink, Lunar Libation, basically, um, it has, um, what does it have? Apple cider, vodka. Um, caramel syrup and uh, ginger beer, also known as a what? A, a caramel apple mule. Caramel apple mule. Yep. Caramel uh, apple mule. Yes, and in my second drink, um, I have no name for it. But anyway, it is uh, the drink uh, with no name. Drink with no name. Let's call it fix it with duct tape. Fix it with <laughs> duct tape. Yep. All right. That's not Brandon's name. All right. So it's got uh, cinnamon whiskey, apple cider, but it also has, a, I put the caramel and the vanilla syrup in there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's nice. It's, it's nice. Yeah. It's good. What do you got, Brandon? Um, so I have, I've, I've tried to recreate my favorite drink of all time. Okay. And so I know what we have in here, I'm going to pronounce things incorrectly. Um, I was back in Arizona and Arizona has a better variety of liquor than Utah could have hoped for. Shocking. So, <laughs> right? So I, I try to pick up some ingredients. Uh, we have some, I don't know how to say this particular scotch, Leproig, 10-year scotch. Okay. Sure. Um, Amara Averno Siciliano and Liquor 43. And together they make what I'm calling the Passenger 17. Oh. The extra drink is called Passenger 57. So I'm calling it 17. But Dang it. 17. Hold it up higher because it's a little out of view. There we go. And my, uh, my second drink is called Passenger 18. That's the exact same thing. Nice, nice. <laughs> what is liquor 44? 43. I have no idea. Okay. Um, I didn't know <laughs> what most of this stuff was. We're going we're to pick know. Brandon up off <laughs> the floor. It tastes good together? <laughs> it tastes fantastic together. No, yeah, I've had a banana today, and these are extremely strong. Oh, uh, we're yeah, I, had two, I had a two in a sandwich. This, That's it. This might be a black hole episode, but we'll, oh, we'll, we'll hope for the best. <laughs> All right, Brandon, take it away. All right, so... Uh, of course, we have some social media stuff for us to follow, for y'all to follow, because we make it, we follow it already. Uh, we're on Twitter at Drinking Cosmos, the Insta at Cosmos with Cosmos. Uh, rate and follow us on the iTunes and everywhere else you listen and get your podcast, because that way we get more people and we get more people in the comments to, you know, probably make fun of us. That's great. We, we need more people. To make fun of us. Yes. All right. To make, to make fun of us. Yes. I always need that. Yes. <laughs> And, of course, some of our regular guests, uh, they do some fantastic work that we like to promote. Uh, number one, uh, sister of the podcast, Katie. Uh, you can find her artwork on Wild Ixia on Etsy. Really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And then also, common listener, Ron, MrProctorShow.com, which is a fantastic address. And, of course, Jack, he of the Apple Cider. 
at um, rollingbluffsplanetarium.com. Yeah, yeah. If you're in Council Bluffs, Iowa, or what, I can't remember the city that's right across the border in, in Nebraska. But anyway, uh, if you're in that area, Lincoln, check oh, them out. No. That's all we only know. Lincoln, <laughs> that's only one of the Nebraska I know. It's only one city. Maybe Omaha. Omaha. I don't know. Anyway, uh, and, rules. Yeah, so there's also, oh, not yet. There's oh. also one other thing that we create, and that is the shots. The shots. Uh, these are quick five to ten minute segments on specific subjects. We each take shots. Uh, before we give it, and it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. So uh-huh. check that out; it's a lot of fun. And we got to record. So some now, yeah, of course. <laughs> was that? Was that we like? need to record uh, some more soon. Next weekend. Maybe next weekend. I'll take a, sh- a shot to that. All right. So yes, like Mike said, we do have some rules for the show. Of course, anytime we hear a puppy bark, uh, take yourself a drink. Are we expecting any packages today? Uh, one already came today. The only one I Excellent. know of coming okay. today. That that doesn't stop them from barking though. They'll bark and leave. True. That's true. That's <laughs> true. All right. So if it's a bark, take a drink. If anyone of us makes a Star Wars reference, take a drink, which we've been doing pretty good on recently. Uh huh. Um, or a Lord of the Rings reference, which may be tricky because I just watched a special feature Two Towers, so it's like fresh in my head oh right boy. now. Oh boy. Oh <laughs> boy. Well, whenever whenever you are not on assignment and you can join us, uh, you know the Lord of the Rings references do get out of control. They do. Yeah, okay. we're gonna, we're so gonna take a we're gonna do a Tolkien's universe next year. Brandon's probably gonna be on assignment for that one. Uh-uh. Well, we'll have to schedule it when he's here. I'll be like in Germany or something. I'm still gonna call in. <laughs> like, no, I'm not missing that one. Hamburg can wait. <laughs> All right. So now let's get into the podcast and of course Apollo 17, the last mission so far to the moon. So before we go straight up and talk about the launch date and what happened on the actual mission, I, I kind of thought it would be interesting, because this is what I love, to give some context behind uh, the last mission and why it ended up becoming the last mission. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, of course, this all happens under Richard Nixon. And I say all because that's when Apollo 11 through 17 occurred. Um, most of the legwork was done by Kennedy and Johnson beforehand as far as the budget, the political... Um, Motivation, everything like that. The will, yeah. The clout, even. Uh, so Nixon just showed up and took all the credit, which makes a lot of sense. Of course he did. Uh, but he was also, to be fair, a really big fan of space, and especially the astronauts. Uh, so in his 1970 inauguration, um, he called out space four different times, which is a big deal for inauguration, um, including this quote, which I'm going to give my best or worst Nixon oh, imp- okay. impression of. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> As we explore the reaches of space, let us go to new worlds together. Oh, that's bad. Not as new worlds to be conquered, but as a new adventure to be shared. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. That's not bad. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, in places, yeah. There were, there were, I mean, he even said, uh, bad, but uh, that one bad, little yeah. bit, you lost Just on that one word. To be conquered. That's, that's, that's a selling point right there. Why do we always have but to conquer case, new worlds? Can't we just That's why I said not as new worlds, worlds to be conquered, but as new adventures to be shared. Like that's actually a really powerful line. Had Nixon actually stuck to the space program, but we'll get we can do that in a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in any case, he was a big fan. Um, he tried to lo- go watch the Apollo 11 launch in person, uh, but ultimately, because things might be delayed, as tends to happen, he ended up watching it back in D.C. Um, anytime he got to meet astronauts, he would do that to great fanfare, take them out to dinners, events, even before they landed on the moon, he would consistently do that. 
Um, but he, he liked to make things, quote, a presidential event, not a NASA event. So, yes, I think he did actually enjoy space. Um, I think it was the Earth rise when Paula Wade uh, was hung up on his Oval Office, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, but it seems for the most part he was using NASA's success to, you know, launch his own success. Right, right. Which they all did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, yeah, so with this, you know, Nixon being a fan of space and we having just landed on the moon, how does Apollo 17 just a few years later suddenly stop and become the last mission that we sent? Uh, so this actually goes before Apollo 11. Uh, 1968, there was a post-Apollo advisory group um, headed by Thomas Paine, then uh, NASA head. And so it was decided even before Apollo 11 launched that the missions would be limited. Mm-hmm. Um, that has a lot to do, well, a lot of things to do with number one, budget, Russia. but also when a uh, budget. <laughs> but, oh, well, yeah, Russia as well, kind of. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, like a month before this group met, uh, there was a Tet Offensive in Vietnam. Oh. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And so the entirety of Apollo's budget over this 10-year span was $25 billion. Uh, but that same exact amount was being spent every 10 weeks in Vietnam. Of course. Of course of it course. was. Of course. America. Yeah. Wars come first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, of course, I thought, well, if we could save ourselves five weeks in Vietnam in the budget, let's do that. Um, so, yeah, Apollo was essentially canceled even before Apollo 11 launched. Oh, wow. Uh, one of the reasons they gave is, especially after Apollo 1 and then later Apollo 13, is, well, if this is actually dangerous, why send people? Which you think they could say the same thing about fucking Vietnam. Uh, uh, but hey. Yeah, people are dying in, in Vietnam. I. Yeah, but but America. America! America. We gotta make, we gotta make oh, the whole man. world America. Yeah. And, and later on, if we have time, we can always go through the Space Task Force group, uh, which was headed by Spiro Agnew, which is a great deep dive, but it's a much deeper dive. Well, we do have a um, so. True. <laughs> uh, so just a few months after Apollo 11, it was the decision was made um, to basically cancel Apollo after Apollo 17. Right. I say why, Apollo, why but really, number, but lunar. Couldn't they make it on an even number? Lunar Apollo missions. <laughs> I know, right? 18? Oh, not lunar, lunar, not a... Yeah, because we still have Apollo Soyuz and then the uh, Skylab, which was launched off of Saturn um, as well. Okay. <sighs> and, we of course, we were still planning... Yeah, We were still planning for multiple Apollo missions, 18 and 19. Um, and you can go see those rockets in Huntsville and um, Kennedy Space Center. And I believe one just inside the visitor center of the Marshall Space Center in Mississippi. So they're still hanging around. Just there. Just like, uh, we were going to go to the moon, but didn't. Yeah. Uh, Not to mention the most expensive museum piece in history in the Smithsonian. uh, The second Skylab that's supposed to be flight hardware, uh, but was never launched. So they made a museum piece. So now you can walk through it and it only costs a couple billion dollars to do it. Oh, cool. I mean, right. could we not? I All mean, right. I guess the technology's old, but you know that couple billion it? dollars, though. That's four of these new bombers we rolled out this week, which cost five hundred million dollars each. But okay, honestly, that's not bad for a, for a bomber like that. <laughs> anyway. All right. I'm gonna drink to that. Okay. <laughs> 
So through all those decisions, uh, which took many different people, many different reports and task groups to get through, ultimately ended it at Apollo 17 to save money and quote, end quote, um, save lives, which, you know, mm, Vietnam, fuck yeah. off. Um, uh, Federico has a good question. Uh, was the public opinion really into space exploration or other topics, Vietnam, social problems like racism, were more important than a, you know, a feudal space race? All right. Um, so only one time in history was approval for the space program above 50%, and that was like a month after Apollo 11. Uh, since then, even during the height of the Apollo, it is still hovering right under 50%, um, and especially after 13 and the accident of Apollo 1, it plummeted. Um, so the public, they have a skewed view, uh, the U.S. public, a skewed view on how much the space program costs. Uh, so you can go back and look at reports and, that they will ask to the general public, how much of a percentage of the federal budget do you think NASA has? Um, and it's consistently, people will say 15, 20, 25 percent of the federal budget. <laughs> it's less, it, yeah, it's less than half of 1 percent. Ah. And that's been consistent since 1969. I mean, and that's, I think that, I'll, you know, I think that's where, in this country at least, we have a uh, a, uh, a marketing slash communication problem issue with space exploration. And I don't think people even realize, and we did an episode about this, we talked about it in an episode, just like how much of the shit that we currently use in our daily life and the advancement of our society came from the space program, from space right. exploration, and, from uh, all that shit. And the communication of space exploration is also a little, not convoluted, but difficult as well. Because, for example, when Artemis launched, it was a huge deal, front, like front page news as it front page matters in 2022, where it was all over the news and websites, mm -hmm. things like that. When we, uh, we, when NASA hit, you know, the asteroid, it was news for a long time as well. Um, but it's the big events that get the headlines and the... Yeah. Um, meticulous details get lost as far as budget because people will see wait a minute this artemis launch cost over what was it eight billion dollars that's not where those eight billion over a damn near decade at this point yeah mm -hmm. um and like mike just said well those bombers cost 500 million each so what the hell yeah if, I, if, I think the problem with the the american public opinion is that a lot of it is based on the like you know like we have 80 ADD as a country, you know, it's like what we what's oh, yeah. happening right now. We want right now. We want instantaneous results. We want, you know, it's like that. What's happening? What's what's you know, it, except the abstract. I think space exploration has always been kind of more of an abstract thing that people don't really, you know, they don't have that personal investment in, like say Vietnam, where it's like people's your sons are going overseas there. to get killed in a war that you know isn't our war and we really have nothing to do with it and yeah. was pointless for us to even be there yeah so again 25 billion over from 1960 was it one through 1969 versus 10 weeks of vietnam um but it's highlighted in the news so people assume it costs a significant amount of money which it does but not compared to, to the military yeah. um Likewise, other social problems like racism, uh, one of my favorite poems, oddly enough, is Whitey on the Moon. And this was a famous poem uh, right before Apollo 11 was launched. And they're going up of all these social problems that, you know, colored people are having in the United States, whereas Whitey's going to the moon. You know, they yeah. can't feed themselves. They can't go to proper schooling. They can't, but right. yet Whitey's going to but the moon. Hey, yeah. um, but again, 
it kind of seems like you're attacking the wrong segment of the government here. Uh, yes, we can cut and improve many different areas, but as far as space is concerned, um, even in 1969, it was still, as you saw with Vietnam, an insignificant amount compared to what they're spending elsewhere. Right. Um, so you can do two things. You can, you can improve the social status of many people here in this country and export the cosmos at the same time. It's very possible. Right. Uh, Federico says he doesn't think this is a U.S.-only pro problem that, you know, that the Europe European funds to space is negligible as well. So, oh, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm, we can only give our perspective, though, Federico. <laughs> right. I mean, I absolutely love what ESA is able to do with... Admittedly, it's not insignificant funds, uh, but negligible funds, honestly, compared to the rest of the EU. Um, hey, Brandon. But yeah. This is great. Like, uh, Apollo 17. Uh, All right. Yeah, no, who, Are you getting us back on track? I, I'm trying. Oh, I, I, like, five minutes ago, I wanted to. Hey, who are the astronauts, Brandon? All right, we're getting back on track, everybody. Apollo well, 17. Well, the first astronaut uh, was Alan Shepard in the United States, of course. And then, oh, all right, so Apollo 17 astronauts. Um, thank you. I was kind of getting excited there. Um, so the captain uh, was Gene Cernan. Uh, he commanded Apollo 10 um, and completed every task on that mission except for landing on the moon. Uh, so he orbited the moon. Mm -hmm. He separated from the module. He got, I, I, they got, I forget, extremely close um, to the moon itself. And to the point where uh, Houston actually limited how much fuel they put in the vehicle so they couldn't go rogue and actually land. <laughs> because I would do so, that. Yeah, he, I'd be like, we got a little juice. Let's, uh, do this. let's head on down there. <laughs> yeah. So he checked every box. Um, and in fact, he turned down being on the crew of Apollo 16. So he command Apollo 17. Right. And which was a, which was a gamble. Uh, because there was no oh, yeah. real, like, uh, it wasn't definite that Apollo 17 was even going to fly. So... You know, yeah, or you get that spot. Yeah. And there's also internal politics, with, especially in the 60s, with the astronaut office, as far as if you turn something down, or maybe they had some kind of agreement you know, under the table, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, it's always risky. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, the commander. And up next, we had the command module pilots. Uh, this is the role that Michael Collins had on Apollo 11, where you stay in the command module, go around the moon all by mm -hmm. your lonesome, while the other two go and frolic on the moon. I mean, that one sounds nice to just have that time in space by yourself, a little me time orbiting the moon, but also like also kind of shit because it's like, ah, I want to walk on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that's what yeah. I want. Yeah, I want to walk on the moon. Um, uh, Michael Collins has a great book. I think it was called Carrying the Fire, where he kind of explains the mentality behind, you know, being left behind and mm -hmm. what would happen if the other two died and things like that. Um, so it was an interesting perspective. Yeah, so uh, also fun fact, Ronald Evans, Evans would go on to serve on the Apollo-Soyuz mission and the shuttle program. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's... A good for him. Very, I think one other person could say they wanted the shuttle program after walking on the moon, so that's impressive. Yeah. Young. It was John And uh, finally... Okay. Yeah, didn't he pass like 91? Oh, Evans? You're talking about Evans? Yeah. Uh, he passed in uh, 1990, I think. But John okay, Young yeah. was the other astronaut that went to the Oh, moon. Young. And then went to the shuttle. In fact, he, oh. uh, well, it might have been Young, but he actually piloted the shuttle as well. First yeah. one, first mission. Oh, that's cool. We could talk about John Young in the uh, hangover as well, because he has a great history with the shuttle program. All right. And then we have Harrison Jack Schmidt. And uh, what I will say about Jack is that he was the first trained scientist to land on the moon. Mm -hmm. A geologist. <laughs> A geologist, Harvard. as a matter of fact. Yep, mm -hmm. from Harvard. Which it makes sense to send a geologist to 
the moon mm-hmm. where you're collecting moon samples. Yeah, and you know, science the science portion of NASA was really pushing for scientists to go to the moon since basically Apollo twelve. Like, hey guys, we just need to actually get stuff done. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what's the point in sending yeah. all these military Air Force guys and not send a scientist? Right. The whole point is to kind of do and science and explore I guess you know, what's going on there. kind of the opposite of Armageddon. Like, it's easier to send an astronaut and train them to do oil drilling. Uh, but in this case, scientists is a little more refined, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, when it was revealed that Apollo 17 was going to be the last Apollo mission, um, he was rushed to the front of the line. Like, oh. he was trained to be a backup on Apollo 15, but they assumed they would have you know, 18 and 19 after the fact. Nope. So he was pushed to the front when that was revealed. Okay, cool. Who, who was and he, he was also... Yeah, who, who was the like, unlucky astronaut he replaced? Oh, I forget his name. I think he was another um, experimental pilot. I forget his name, though. Yeah, because what they would do is they, if you were the... Uh, if you were, was it, the backup crew for 14, you're going to be... Uh, the crew for 18. Yeah, they had a rotating thing. They had a rotating thing. thing. So, um, yeah. And we met Harrison, Harrison Schmidt. We did. At a planetarium conference. He, he said oh, it was the honor of his life to meet me and Liz. Uh, <laughs> you guys are better than walking on the moon. Well, better than a little stroll on the moon. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. No. <laughs> but we did meet him. Did. It was really cool. <laughs> that, that's pretty neat. Oh, Federico said someone might say geology is really not science. Who would say Was it that? observation? <laughs> yeah, but you could still do... Okay. All right. All right, so those are the astronauts. And now we get to the launch, which happened 50 years ago today. Wow. So he's the fourth, right? The fourth. Okay. All right, so... Oh, sorry, December? sorry. Not, not, not 50 years ago today. 50 years ago in three days. Yes, on the 7th. Oh, oh, okay. okay, okay. All I right. got excited. I got okay. excited. Well, still, 50 years ago. So on Wednesday. The last yeah. mission to the moon launched. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I had nothing more to say. After okay, that. I thought you were about to like, expound. No, I have no grand, you know, poetry. Uh, when did it launch? Oh, oh, it's from Big Bang Theory, uh, is his quote. That geology is uh, not really science. <laughs> okay. We got you, Federico. Yeah, it, it launched on the seventh, um, but it launched at you know at night. It was the first night launch. It was the first night launch for the Apollo missions, right? So true, the Apollo missions, yeah. Yeah, so it launched at um, basically six thirty in the morning on for Italy, and um, let me let me do some math. All right, so ten thirty for us here in um, in Ogden, mm-hmm. well in Utah. Uh-huh. So uh, that was on. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was 10.30 p.m. So it was at night for mm-hmm. us here uh, in Utah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just barely. Yeah, I would have, like, night launches are amazing, but to see a Saturn launch at night, oh, that's the dream. Or I guess an SLS launch at night now. Hey, that's the dream. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so it was delayed three hours um, after a launch sequencer failure, and that's basically just ensuring that all the systems are working properly nominal. so you want to make sure that's working yeah nominal thank you for the correct nomenclature <laughs> and of course launch from pad 39a uh which is the famous launch pad at kennedy space center where you launched all the crewed flights to the moon oh okay i didn't know that mm-hmm. yeah and, and now it's the you know, spacex uh, launch pad so they oh. bought that out or borrowed that for a number of years i'm not sure is it gonna get a I, good I check di- on it 
I can disassociate SpaceX at this point from us because it's Glenn Shotwell's business at this point, and Shotwell is just a fabulous head of SpaceX. Okay. She's, she's great. Okay. All right. Uh, but in any case, uh, the flight to the moon was pretty smooth. Uh, they only had one launch correction out of four planned, and it lasted like a minute. Uh, so basically, they drew the rocket perfectly. Wow, nice. Is this the, the I was this mission like the one that had like really like no issues like uh, like other missions had like some issues but then this one is the only one that didn't have really any i mean there were small of, issues but, like, nothing, but like, nothing like consequential it was just like you know no i mean uh, some floating washers here and there and that was about it oh jeez forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> what mission was that that had the floating washer well, I think and this they one they saw some all floating. Of all of them had floating they all all washers. All had but... floating washers. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so it was a smooth launch. And uh, Liz can tell us a place that it landed at, and she can pronounce it correctly, too. Um, It it landed at... Uh, <laughs> where did it land? On I will look at the notes to, to read it. Clearly, I, I know my, my stuff. Is that one right there? No, this one right here. Yeah, where it says location. Oh, oh, it's just Taurus Litro. Hey, Taurus, Katie. <laughs> That's where it landed. Well, wasn't this landing uh, unique? This spot was unique versus the other all Oh, yeah, I mean, they all landed in different places. I don't, I don't know. Uh, they, they landed up up there at, um, and this is, it, it, by the way, it's in the Sea of, Serenity is where uh, uh, Mare Serenitatis Tatis. Sure. Tatis. Say it with confidence. Say, say it with confidence. Say it with confidence. I mean, Steve but this was. Let's be the model with this show. Say it with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> they um, they wanted to land in the Highlands. The Highlands. The Highlands. So higher up than the regular. There could be only Scotland. one. Scotland. Highlands. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> But um, they also want they also wanted to land somewhere where they thought that the rocks were older than I think Apollo fourteen or fifteen mm-hmm. landing mm-hmm. site. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they that's why they they chose that that location. Okay. And and Apollo seventeen as well or had the benefits of being you know the sixteen to land on the moon, and so they had more experience, being more confident, so they could pick a more tricky location out. Uh, similar to Perseverance on Mars, you can pick a little more tricky location because we're better at landing. Uh-huh. And, and they landed and the wheel and like technology, or just know what to like. Like it yeah. was a uh, like something where uh, uh, like the first Apollo mission, it was like they were off target by you know they didn't land on target and they were off by whatever. But this one, it's right. like they actually they were doing all kinds of like gliding around in order like crazy maneuvers yeah. in order to actually land. Pretty much they, on the target that they wanted to. And they were well close. They were within, I think, 652 meters yeah, of where they wanted to like land. Yeah, miles off. Right, yeah. It, it wasn't as dramatic as Neil's landing when they had like 30 seconds left of fuel before he had to abort. The first one, you got to kind of have a little drama. You got to come in hot in the first one. Yeah, yeah. you got to come in hot. Well, this one, um, this was the first mission that I think did not have the free flight return. So if they if there were issues um, early on that they they could have um, and all the others they could just you know go off and the orbit would bring them back to Earth mm-hmm. and they'd be able to, to land. They didn't have that with this one. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah, they took uh, they took some chances with this one. 
Well, why hey, not? Last time, go for it. Yeah, balls to the wall. The worst that could happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, they eventually did land on the moons very successfully, no issues, at uh, 2:54 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that's 8:54 in Italy, or for you uh, record keepers, 1954:58 UTC on December 11th. Wow, America! Like it. <laughs> so okay so let's say you land on the moon mm -hmm. and you get your eva suit on mm -hmm. and you step foot like what's the first thing you think of oh god I'm when you step say, outside i would say something just stupid and punny no he's what's the first thing you think of that's the question right yeah think of like obviously we would say something like oh shit yeah <laughs> yeah I, yeah i yeah that's a tough one I I don't think anybody can answer this question Without unless they the <laughs> unless they actually do it. And yeah, so I, I I think at least me and Liz, Mike would have something eloquent to say. But me and Liz, yeah. we would do what Alan Bean said in Apollo 12 uh, when he jumped off the ladder because it's kind of a, a big jump. He goes, "Well, that may have been this small step for Neil, but it was a big jump for me." <laughs> First off, I would totally jump off the ladder. Um, but you had to. At yeah. Apollo 12. Yeah. Well, no, you to. literally had to. Oh. It was a big gap at, oh, at the first okay. yeah. to before he picks it up. He, but even if the ladder goes all the way down, I'm going to do a little job. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? And then I'll fall on my face. But, uh, 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 po podcast mom goes, the first thought would be, don't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you build a little, like, moon castle with the regolith? Just you know, uh, well, great castle? hangover well, question. Okay, yes, yes. If, well, probably not, long story short. <laughs> All right, there we go. Don't need it for the hangover. Let us continue. I right, go on to the first day on the moon. So, of course, you want to get out of the lander, which I think was called America, because why not? Uh, Ch Challenger was the service module, and then America was a, a descent. Okay. Um, so they get out, and they get everything ready. And as they're hammering things into the ground and sending experiments, uh, Gene Cernan, the commander, well, he accidentally knocks a piece of fender of the rover off with his hammer, and he broke something off. That's what I would do. I would totally break something. Yes. <laughs> By accident. Yeah, and, you know, it. they kind of need that fender. Yeah, because, uh, you know, those rovers, they kick up a lot of regolith, a lot of dust. Oh, a significant amount. And that shit apparently gets everywhere and into everything. It's and it's not like normal deal. earth dust. It's like... Oh. Like jaggedy right. and like yeah, horrible. Yeah. Get, and... get your drinks ready. Right. Uh, maybe that's why Anakin hates sand. Uh... Okay. Uh, we don't really do many prequel quotes here, so that prequel references. Yeah, that's true. Okay, your mom's. Yes, yeah, so there was a Captain America. A, a Commander America. No, nope, we're going to go so with Captain because he retired. Was... Perfect. Retired from the Navy with the rank of Captain. So Gene Cernan is Captain Oh, that's America. true. Yeah. Yeah, yep. And he uh, is, yeah, he is Captain America. And Gene was a very big ladies' man, even to his late years. <laughs> All right. Because I think I think his pickup line what was it. Oh God! What was his pickup line? It was something like, "Want to talk to the last guy that walked on the moon?" Like literally, that was it. Oh. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so in any case, that was the guy that broke the fender. And uh, Liz, what was that at first fixed with? Duct tape. <laughs> duct tape. Because duct tape fixes everything. Duct tape and some old maps they weren't using. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, so the issue with the duct tape, because apparently they never worked in outreach before, they didn't double-sided duct tape. Um, so the the regolith got caught in the tape, and it just stopped working. How would you use double Okay. I don't know. Uh, so they eventually put it on with the map and put the duct tape around it, and it works okay for the most part. But it allowed them to uh, use the rover quite a bit. Well, they needed um, to, right? They had the longest, like, EVA... Uh, Distance-wise, yeah. Distance-wise uh, for this mission? Yeah, I think the longest they went out was 4.7 miles away from the lander, uh, which is at the very limits of where it was considered, quote-unquote, safe, because if something broke down, you have to walk back. Right, and they so only have limited amount of oxygen. So imagine walking five miles, yeah, in your tiny oxygen. I mean, you could hop, though. Could you hop faster than walking? Oh, yeah, Because you could hop. just, you could just oh, like... Yeah, you don't actually walk on the moon. You hop. Yeah, hop. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you can go see those videos on YouTube of the astronauts hopping and consistently <laughs> falling down. It's adorable, especially when it's sped up. Spent up. <laughs> to like that music that's like... That, do, 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 the comedy do, 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 music. The, the Benny Hill. Oh, that's the a, that's, yeah, the that's Hill. a that's dual... You, Brandon did the dual fates thing. No, no, that wasn't no, dual fates. No, that was he Benny, Hill. Benny Hill. You but... did do-do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do-do. That's dual fates. Do. But then the last, the last beat is... Do, 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 do. Right, well, I count it. No. Yeah. I, it's not, I'm not counting that one. I'm not drinking to it. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, is, this is like Vanilla Ice trying to describe <laughs> how he was it. See, they do dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. See the reflection here. So what happened on day two? Because day two is kind of the big day as far as the science is concerned. Okay. Did they use the... It Was it that experiment that didn't work before? The, like, heat... Some heat... Or, uh... I don't know. You continue. You read it. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, so I was looking through the transcripts. Thank you. I was looking through the transcripts, and this line kind of made me giggle, uh, like they did as well. Uh, so they were trying to park the rover, uh, but it was at a steep incline of like 20 degrees. And so uh, they were kind of having issues getting um, out of the rover. And so Jack Schmidt uh, says, you want some help getting off? Laughs. Like you can see it in, in, in the transcripts, it does say parentheses laughs. <laughs> so that kind of made me happy. I saw that in the notes, and I was like, I okay, got to know some context here because this is. <laughs> there All we right. go. Uh, so we we had two big um, discoveries, we can call it, on day two. Uh, the first one was at the um, what am I going to call it? The Geographic site number six, it's called, where they find some kind of orange dust on the moon, Ooh, okay. which is weird. So you look at the moon, it's not orange. Right. So they get very excited about this thing. There's orange stuff on the Schmidt. moon here. Yeah, and they were thinking of volcanic activity. Oh, no, no. He, they, uh, Schmidt, what, he thought it was going to be like the discovery of the mission uh, because he thought it was from oxidation like you have on mars oh okay. and that's what it was and so that, that was yeah. his initial thought uh-huh. going up to it and um that and that would have meant that oxygen performs that oxygen is it water you know that type oh, of thing okay, okay, um okay. and so but it turns out it was something else and I thought yeah. Brandon was going to say what it was. It was so, volcanic glass. It was volcanic glass. <laughs> from a, from oh, a, 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 it was like a, 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 a ground, right? Yeah, what was it called though? Like a fire, Space a fire volcano. spout? Like a fire, no, oh, you know, it's a like a fire, sp- like a fire, fire a fire. It was a, it's a, uh, so in the, in the notes, in the notes, they call it, I think, a fire mountain. A fire <laughs> mountain. <laughs> well, is, we're going to go with like that. Drink. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but, um, but the color is, um, and they found it 
you know, all over the place. Yeah, the color um, is based on the elements that are present. The elements that are present. So you, yeah. I found like orange, and there's been like on another mission that explains like these green yeah, beads, dark beads, and then there was like some dark ones, and it's all because of these I have fire spout. I think they're like fire spouts. Like yeah, what we'll, we'll uh, call yeah. that? I don't know. Fire geysers. Fire geysers. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, it was a tumultuous place when the moon was forming after Thea crashed oh, into yeah. the Earth and formed together. There's a lot of fucking which we know idea. now, but back then we had just had the theory of maybe this is what happened. We weren't quite sure. Yeah, and yeah. so it took now, over I mean, the moon we have to yeah. talk about that later because it's it's crazy. actually we're going to talk about that literally right now because okay. one of the big discoveries that Apollo 17 found that really cemented the theory of the giant impact hypothesis uh, was troctolite seven six five three five. And so this is, again, from NASA notes, quote, <laughs> troclodyte 76535 Tr- is without a doubt the most inter- interesting sample returned from the moon. Uh, so this was a rock they brought back from the moon. Yeah. Uh, but it was fascinating because after a significant experience, um, it, was formed that it, it was found that it likely formed about 47 kilometers beneath the surface of the moon. Um, and through certain calculations called thermochronological calculations. Wow. You did really good with that. That's, That's fun. Right. Thermochronological. All right. Uh, so I was, I'm, I'm assuming, judging by the root words there, is that it could look at the rock and see when it was formed through the heat, uh, but that helped provide evidence of a core dynamo, which means a metallic core, just like the Earth has, uh-huh. that could produce a magnetic field. It uh, would show that, hey, the moon's core is kind of made of the same stuff as the Earth. Ooh. Well, kind of the same thing going on here. How could that happen? Maybe through a giant impact. Yeah, because they they found through the moon samples, uh, you know, that similar stuff as the Earth, but then also things that were different. So it was like, well, okay, not everything came from the Earth, but some stuff did come from the Earth. So then there had to have been some kind of collision to then create this mixture of material into this object. Yeah, and if you look at this rock, uh, which you can find by googling troclodytes seven six five three five. It doesn't look like your typical lunar regolith rock. Like typically, hmm. you look at the rock on the moon, it looks like something from the moon. Uh, it's kind of it has the same color of the moon. Oh, my, Liz has got it. There you go. There you go. That's yeah. what it looks like. All right, slowly yeah, it doesn't bring look it like back. Your typical. Slowly. <laughs> How slow? It doesn't look slow. like your typical. Well, we yeah. want to be in focus when you get yeah. back. All right, we're in focus. Yep. Love it. Yeah, so it looks odd and different. So through the calculations, they figured out, well, likely it's formed from the core, same thing as us, and that gave more evidence to the mm-hmm. idea of the giant impact hypothesis. Which also, to go along with that, is that the moon, given its size compared to the Earth, it's too large of an object for the Earth to have just been able to capture it. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. It, it didn't come by and the Earth was like, hey, we're friends now. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's, it's too syndrome. big. All right. Yeah, but do you know what's crazy about this story, though, is uh, Jack Schmidt, he, he does not believe in the impact theory. How? Uh, He's the geologist. Yeah. He doesn't believe in a lot of things, though. Yeah, climate change? No, he, is he the he climate change He does not one? believe in that. Is he the yeah. climate change denier? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, is he? All right. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Aliens? aliens? Okay. Apollo 17. Um, no, he, he completely, he thinks that it formed... With uh, I think he believes that it formed with the Earth, and that would explain some of the things that he was seeing. But it's 
And, to be uh, fair, he saw it. <laughs> he did see it, and and he actually uses that argument. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was there uh, uh, as part of his. Truth, I was there at Gandalf. But, but he, <laughs> yeah, but, but he wasn't there when it happened. Screenshot or didn't happen. Uh, I I don't know, but the giant impact theory is way more fun than it just like oh, we'll just pull them together. Well, yeah, I mean, because <laughs> planets running into planets, and but uh, I mean, uh, but we've talked about that in the yeah, past. So yeah. People, oh yeah, watch yeah, previous. Yeah. I don't know which one. Watch the previous know. episode. So so now because we don't have a Star Trek rule, we're going to talk about the voyage home. <laughs> That was well done. Nice. nice. You know what? No, we're going to drink to that because that was. <laughs> such a strong drink. You chose to make that drink. So yep. this is your. It's my favorite drink. Your I don't know if this away. is a Liz drink. I think Mike would love this. Liz might. I'm not sure, but I love it. Well, well, it's, got it's, got well it's got gotch. I got like, the only Scotchy, one. Scotchy, I, Scotchy. Only, the only Hangover, one. guys. Okay. Hangover. <laughs> because we got to get home. Thank first. you for moderating. We gotta get home. We gotta get off the moon. We gotta get back to Earth. Okay. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, you fire some rockets. You gotta leave the moon. <laughs> All right. Okay. So they they blast off the surface of the moon, mm-hmm. December fourteenth. How much regular does it kick off? Kick off a lot, a significant amounts. Okay. Uh, um, which is why hangover material. But when we eventually have bases, whatever you want to call them, on the moon, you put them a distance away from the launch pad because that stuff flies out and it's fast yeah, and stays. Yeah, regular is a big issue on uh, long-term moon missions or moon stays, moon vacays. All right, so um, um, Schmidt and Cernan, they're leaving their vacay on the moon mm-hmm. because they got to actually oh, have wait, one. Oh, wait, wasn't there something nope. funny that happened? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So they blast off. Uh, off the surface, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple hours later, they meet up with the mm-hmm. command service module. Which, my, to my mom's question, how do they synchronize the orbit? So they have a certain time frame that they have to meet, that they have to like leave the moon by because yeah. of how the uh, command module in its orbit and when it's gonna. So they have yeah. like a deadline, basically. It's it's similar to sending people to the International Space Station now. There's a window we have to meet, mm-hmm. or we just wait until a couple weeks until it's ready. Yeah. Or like rover sending rovers to Mars, like you know. You have to launch at a certain time, otherwise you miss this window, and then yep. you've got to wait like six more months. And, and you, you can know. thank Newton for all that. Thanks, Isaac. So, thank uh, or blame? <laughs> <laughs> well, he created gravity. Yeah. Anyway, so so it blasts off. They meet up with the command service yeah. module. Um, uh, they're able to synchronize this thing because of Newton, and then they fire their engine mm-hmm. again because of Newton um, mm-hmm. a certain length of time at a certain point in time, and it sends them home. And on the way home, um, Cernan gets out, does a little bit of an hour kind of walkabout. Just gets out? Just gets out? Like, hey, guys, <laughs> no, I'm going to just step outside real fast. Yeah, this. no, there, there were a couple of spacewalks on the mission. So, yeah, this right, was, right. I think, number four overall. Yeah, so he, he gets out of the so space just gap. some air. It's like about 180,000 <laughs> miles from home, something like that. Oh, yeah. And so gets out to retrieve uh, film canisters because those are important. Oh. Excellent. Um, so yeah. he does that, um, and he gets, and it was actually the third most distant um, EVA in in NASA history. 
And all of it is, all of these long ones are the Apollo missions. Yeah. Um, because we haven't sent anyone further Cernan, since. He wasn't the first one to get out. There were others that got out to get canisters as well. On their Why mission. do they keep forgetting the canisters? <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was just where they were located. Oh. <laughs> oh. Damn it. We wow. left the canisters. We left them damn canisters out on the limb. On the ascent module. We gotta go get it. Um, that's actually funny. Um, oh, speaking of the ascent module, they actually um, jettisoned it. They moved everything out uh, and put it into command service modules. It's okay. like 250 pounds worth of moon rock. Um, and then they rock. jettisoned the ascent, um, I mean, the lunar module. And it actually, the ascent stage, and it actually impacted something like less than 10 miles away from the actual Apollo 17 landing site. Mm. And That's impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Most impressive. Anyway. Can you hear the bells, by the way, going off in the background? Nope. Nope. Anyway. It's like a turtle in Elden Ring. <laughs> the, um, no, we're going to have to make that a ring. I mean, a, a drink. drink roll. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, the size, seismograph that they had put on the surface actually registered the impact. Ah, oh, that's fun. So, yep. And then, yeah. And go ahead. Just, just jump off that as well. Uh, when a, Apollo 17 landed America on the moon, um, all the other Apollo landing sites, they recorded the seismic activity as well. Oh, uh, that's cool. That's uh, cool. When did the tardigrades get there? <laughs> it, Brandon, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, Apollo 17. So they're heading home. Uh, and, uh, you know, you need to go from like, I don't know, we'll say 17,000 miles an hour down to just, you know, you know, a nice little boom into the ocean. Comfortable zero. <laughs> comfortable, <laughs> comfortable, yes. zero comfortable zero. Um, and so they started that process um, and involved a heat shield um, to slow you down due to friction. Yes. And then you have the, the parachutes mm -hmm. that um, help you out the rest of the way. Um, and they touched down in the Pacific about four miles from their ride home. So the ride had to come get them. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, it was the USS Ticonderosa. Ticonderosa? Yes, that one. That one. That ship. We can, we can confirm that with my newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so a helicopter goes, picks them up, and then puts them on aircraft carrier. Mm. And, and they, they did not get to take a tape parade like Neil and Buzz and Michael. Oh. Yeah. How long did we use ticker tape for? Oh, man. Anyway. Do they still do it for like. <laughs> when they no, they don't. They the World so, no, they don't anymore because ticker tape's no longer used. So they just have a regular parade. Oh, is but, that that stuff that like would. Hang yeah, on. the stuff that's oh, flying out of the buildings, that's a, that's a ticker tape. So it's actually called a ticker tape parade because no, 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 using no. ticker tape throughout the buildings. Okay, yeah. So the ticker tape. What I was going to say, is that the one where, like, in the, the old-timey movies, they would see, like, the news printed out on it or maybe, like, stock shit that was printed out on it? So it's, like, it's like really skinny, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, streamers. Yeah. And it's, but it's like dot matrix. Just That's print. exactly what I think about, actually. It's like a dot matrix tab being thrown out the window. All right. Anyway. anyway. They get home. They get home. No parade. Oh. 
Yeah. No parade. No parade for and... the last mission. Does the public know that this is like the last Apollo mission? Yeah, the public doesn't really care at this point. Right. Um, unless you like happening. us that care about this. Vietnam, oh, Vietnam's happening. Nixon right. stuff's going on. Hippies no one really cares. Shot. Um, <laughs> shit's happening. Whitey's on the moon. Yeah, yeah. that whole that whole scenario. All right. All right, all right. Um, but but then also, uh, at the same point, NASA's slowly gearing up for the space shuttle as well. So everyone's trying to shift gears here, saying we're going to cost less money and do more things, which no and also not really. Uh, Jack says you can still buy it, but receipt tape is cheaper. Yeah, receipt tape parade doesn't have the same no, zing to ticker it. T- ticker tape. It, because it's a... It's a Hangover. Alliteration. That's the word. Hangover. Gotta have the alliteration. Hangover. Hangover, folks. Uh, so what happened after Apollo 17? Well, good question, Mike. Uh, so Gene Cernan, the commander, retired from NASA and the Navy in 76 and went into private business, um, where he became a... Um, what I don't want to call this... We'll yeah. leave that there. And a good guy. And he died in 2017. Uh, there is a fabulous documentary called Last Man, uh, which kind of documents the idea behind being the last person to walk on the moon and whether or not he actually was or whether Jack had the last step on the moon as well. So it's actually really interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, who uh, had so the actual last, who actually left, took their foot off first? Yeah. Uh, they go back and forth between that. Like, no, it was actually me, Gene. No, it was me, Jack. So, you know, whatever. So, alright. <laughs> it was probably, it was more than likely Gene Sterling. Check the film canisters. And, and that's that's the purpose of commanders, be the first off and last on. That's what they do. Right. Um, Down with the ship. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, the command module uh, pilot Evans uh, retired from the Navy in 76 and NASA in 77. Uh, of course, after he went on to the Apollo Soyuz and the shuttle missions, he went to the public service and then uh, died in 90. Okay. Before you Which is also... No, you were born 90. Just I, I was. But we don't have many Apollo astronauts left. Um, Who's still alive? Uh, Buzz? Buzz, Schmidt. Schmidt. Still alive. Young's gone. I don't know any, don't know any of the um, Dean's gone. I think we have maybe four, five. There's not many at all. How many... Uh, are there more Apollo astronauts alive to um, OG Star Trek uh, actors? Uh, oh, because you've got just Shatner and Sulu. You have Shatner and Takei, and Takei, and, and maybe Chekhov. I don't. We we are unsure about Chekhov. Okay, so Can we have more check on Chekhov. We have more Apollo. We have, we have more. Somebody check on Chekhov. <laughs> no, we ha- we have at this point more uh, Moonwalkers than Star Trek actors left. Wow, wow, that's interesting. Which I mean, Buzz is a frail old man. Uh, and appreciate, appreciate he's spicy. him while you can. He's spicy. His spiciness is he keeping him going. He punched a dude. Well, that was that was 15 years ago when he punched a dude. Yeah, um, yeah but still, I mean, he's and, a professional. No, he, he, and I'm sure that guy was like, oh, I'm gonna sue Buzz and his lawyer. All his lawyers. Like, you know, they were like 100 of them. Buzz is a, he's a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets carved. So but yeah, but, but still appreciate Buzz while we have him and don't. Or still appreciate him when he does eventually pass in the next 25 years because he's going to live forever. Uh, but still do it now as well. Um, my mom asked, do we know how much radiation they were exposed to on the moon? Um, so they tried to, I, I think, it actually didn't matter. Um, I don't recall off the top of my head, but they tried to reduce it as much as possible. Uh, obviously, solar cycles didn't much matter because that's in the realm of 12 plus years. So you just had to launch when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't recall off the top of my head. Uh, Jack says Walter Koenig is still alive. That's his Thank name. Thank God. That's what matters. <laughs> All right, so we got three. All right, what happened to Schmidt? What did he do? Uh, Schmidt, uh, well, he retired in 75. And then later on, um, he actually was able to uh, perform his most proud act in life by meeting Mike and Liz in the planetarium. Yes! Um, at the Western Alliance Conference in 2015 in Albuquerque, Mexico. Oh, I didn't even see that in the notes. Man. That was, yes. uh, yeah. <clears throat> yep. There's a photo and after that, it was all downhill. And as a geologist, he appreciated uh, going downhill. <laughs> but not climbing. But he actually became a six-year senator from New Mexico in 1976. Oh, okay. Yep. That's cool. Hey, one permer. I don't know if that was by choice or he got voted out, oh. but probably by choice. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. It, so I mean, I it was really he... cool meeting him. It, I it's, bet. That's it's really not, cool. It's not like a lot of people can say that they've actually met somebody who Walk walked on the moon. moon and a moonwalker? No. Yep. yep. That's cool. That wasn't so a any, conference, uh... Jack. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, any closing thoughts about Apollo 17 before we go to the hangover? Um, that it's sad that it's been... It's still still the last time that humans have walked on the moon was. Yeah, I think. Uh, but but I also want to point out that as we say this, we currently have the Orion space capsule um, almost on its way back from the moon to Earth. That is and the Artemis one, guys. Yeah, the Artemis one. Yes. Um, so I mean, so it's, it took us a very long time. Yeah, and it and, should not have been that long. And I mean, well, yeah, well, I think in what is it twenty twenty five is when they want to have. Somebody hope, in hope remains. Hope, LOL. Oh my gosh. When the fellas was true. I said hope remains. I'm out of I'm out outside. Of... Somebody's smoking something outside. Weed? It's not meat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um uh yeah, I just hope we get, we do get back to the to the moon. Um and that I mean clearly some good shit came from Apollo 17, like confirming, like, or, you know, uh, really kind of pretty much confirming the and, impact type yeah, hypothesis. And, 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 and confirming the usage of duct tape. And duct tape. It proves duct tape. Yeah. Because, of course, duct tape works in the vacuum. Yes. <laughs> Andy Weir. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I guess with that thought, uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, we love the Apollo missions. Making the brisket, absolutely, Jack. <laughs> um, I have a question, real. Well, well I'll say from the hangover. I'll do it. No, 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 no. Pose the question now. Uh, for and then the we'll hangover. Answer the hangover. Um, why is it called the Apollo missions when Apollo was the god of the sun in Greek mythology? Good question. Oh, that's, that's a, a, that's a really good question. A few minutes. All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll what? get back to that in the hangover. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Brandon, when's our next podcast? Oh, the next podcast. Is um, we'll, we'll stream it. Was it next week? Yes. Yeah. Week after that. December eleventh. We have a high in the sky episode. Yes, and then we're going to take a little break for uh, Christmas, oh. um, and um, then we'll come back on January first, where we look back and, at twenty twenty two. And is it almost odd that at this point they can say the astronomy in review is one of my favorite episodes to do each year? Like we've done 
a couple of these by now. No, because I mean, there was a lot, lot of fun. Time, I mean, it's fun to talk about what's been going on and what's happened. I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about James Webb, I assume. Um, and I just Jeez. made the new image of the Pillars of Creation in my desktop background because it's fucking amazing. Yeah. On that note, close us out, Brandon. Thank you for joining us, folks. Uh, again, give us a follow on Twitter, Drinking Cosmos, Instagram, Cosmos with Cosmos. Live long and prosper. Stay safe. Hope to see you next week. Cheers. Have a good time. Bye, everyone.